This is Dumb Line, the podcast of dumb crimes and even dumber criminals. You're listening to Dumb Line. Whoa. You're listening to Dumb Line. Whoa. You're listening to Dumb Line. Whoa. And don't it feel good? Hey. Oh, that's great. Wow. That was awesome. Yeah, yeah. I was on vacation. I was like, this is how I'm entering this new one after we come back. Yeah, welcome back. Happy New Year, everybody. Yeah. Everyone here like to travel? Yeah. Are you yes. guys light travelers yes. or heavy travelers? What do you mean by like packing? Packing? Yeah. I'm I, pretty I'm light. A, I'm a heavy packer. What, what do you pack the most of? Shoes? Shoes. <laughs> of course. Yeah. yeah. One whole side of my shoe, suitcase <laughs> is shoes. Do you push the limits of your, are you ever sweating it when you put your bag on the scale? No, no. But I, mean, I usually bring like four pairs of shoes. That's mm. Four or five. Depends. Because I wear a pair. Yeah. So let me let me know. Does anyone have any rituals before they check into a hotel? No, no. I realize I'm a diva. So like before we even check in, we have to stop. We got to load up on snacks. We are only staying seven days. We load are up you on a snacks. Heavy packer? No, but once I, I I am a heavy packer. I pack right to the limit because I have like four or five sneakers and shoes. Yeah. yeah. But we load up like we're going grocery shopping for a month. All <laughs> kinds of snacks: hummus, salsa, chips. I have to get antibacterial wipes because I have to wipe down every surface <laughs> that people touch. Remotes, phones, doorknobs. Uh, I get a loofah because I can't stand the washcloths. Wow, you are a Yeah, diva. I was like, what the yeah. fuck is going on? I was like, no one else is like air fresheners for the bathroom because, you know, the spray in case you drop oh, a yeah, deuce yeah, and you yeah. have a roommate. Well, yeah. I, poopery. I, yeah, yeah. I use poopery. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Perfect. Matches. We and bring, yeah, matches. We match it. I had to go flush it with wipes. I don't understand <laughs> this. This non-bidet issue we have again. It, I this barbarians in the toilet. We, we are, we are, we are. I mean, it's like it's it's like we're coming back in time, coming over here. I hate it. Like it's. it's I, I thought today when I was like, I would, I would probably buy a second one. I brought this up to my partner. Buy a second bidet and bring it on the road because it takes fifteen minutes to hook it, up in a hotel. Yeah, it's not. It's not like, hard. Would the housekeepers care if they came oh, in? And you had a bidet God. hooked up to the. I. <laughs> I can't. I, it's, it's. I hate it. And I, hate I looked it up. So wait, much. I did a Reddit so thread much. where I looked up on Reddit uh, bidet hotel hookups, and then someone has this portable one that you hook to the sink, and it's like a little hose at a time, like your your oh, sink hose. Oh, and it hmm. comes out, and you can just like well, spray it, your ass hell, down. Yeah, that's yeah while you're on the road. If you if you can't tell, we're we're big fans of bidets. <laughs> yes. And um, but yeah, I can't. It's hard, I don't, go, it's hard going on the road without one. You guys don't set up your room like this. Get snacks. I mean, I do. I do get, I do get snacks. I don't. I don't do the cleaning. I, don't, and I probably I, should. I feel like I'm more. I don't know. I probably should. I know you're a little bit more cautious with that. I do get. Yeah, but no. What? No full wipe downs. <laughs> No, I definitely don't do that. Right, I no. do think about like what yeah, has gone on I in do, this hotel room, which is frightening. There's no no action on that. No. All right, I'm the mine psycho. would be luminol. I would bring luminol. Oh yeah, yeah, I don't want to yeah, see that. Yeah, yeah, let's see all the. <laughs> I definitely don't want to do blood. that. That'd yeah, be awesome. no, no. All right, Maria, you got a little headline. Mm-hmm. 
Extra, extra, read all about it. Extra, extra, read all about it. This week's headline comes from listener Stephanie. Thank you, Stephanie. Stephanie. Thanks, Steph. It's from the UK version of the Metro, October 20th, 2023, Kyneton, Warwickshire, England. Dead body in woodland turned out to be an overused sex doll. <laughs> Over, uh, overused? Yeah, what's the analysis on that? <laughs> that's an that's a interesting adjective. Yeah. Yeah. What's the determination? <laughs> So it was just, it was just there's holes all over. All over. Oh, so many holes. <laughs> After getting a call from someone saying they'd seen limbs in the woods, police closed the road for 31 hours and declared it a crime scene. They then said 31 hours. 31 hours. No one got no one got close, close enough. enough. They didn't see all the empty KY jelly tubes. No, the, it. the next part is mind blowing. The cops then said, quote, it is with great relief that we can announce that the pathologist was able to identify <laughs> that the foot and hand beneath the bush did, in fact, belong to a discarded and realistic life-size doll. They, they needed a pathologist. They are, they're very real these days. <laughs> they, they are. I mean, technology is just they insane. Don't, they don't have a pulse. So nobody sure. nobody walked up there and checked I, its pulse. Did, did checked 31 hours later, they were like, oh, it's a doll. I don't understand. Mm -mm. Did they mention what the overused was? Yeah, why? How did they determine it, it was it overused? It just said overused. Luminol. Speaking of luminol, they luminol the doll. Just like empty, empty KY everywhere and holes in it. It was just glowing like a black light poster. <laughs> yeah. Turn on a black light. It, people had to wear sunglasses. <laughs> All right, what do you say we get into it? Let's do it. Maria's got a little story for us. All right. This week's episode was recommended by Allie. Thank you, Allie. Allie. It's what happens when a dum-dum thinks that sinking money into everything around him will somehow make him rich. Mm -hmm. The main sources for this story are the book Everybody's Best Friend by Ken Englade, published in 1999 by St. Martin's Paperbacks, and Forensic Files Season 10, Episode 28. Forensic Files, that's a... Throwback. That's a, that's a, big, bo a big boy. Yeah, it's a big boy. <laughs> on discovery id <laughs> yeah. it's like a main show all right that's that's big time if you're yeah, if they, they feature you yeah, i mean if you're files. on forensic files all right you did something bad <laughs> yeah you made it <laughs> it's like dateline like the 90s dateline so stephanie and craig rabinowitz are a married couple who live on the main line outside philadelphia about 10 minutes west of the city in ardmore they met in 1983 when Stephanie attended a camp outside Gettysburg, and Craig was attending a boys' camp nearby. Hometown. Yep. Ooh. It gets so hometown. Oh, I'm Home so excited. Hometown. They began dating when they returned from camp, and in June 1990, they married. By 1997, Stephanie is working for Feynman & Bach, a center city law firm, but only part-time in order to care for the couple's new daughter, daughter Haley. Craig had launched a business venture in 1990, which was initially called CNC Vending because the other guy was named Craig too, so they named it CNC, which is so dumb. And just uh, just to um, clarify, Center City is Center City, Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, no problem. Um, so once the other Craig leaves the company, he so renames it was like Craig and Craig. Yeah, it was CNC <laughs> Vending. And then the other After Craig left. CNC Music Factory. Yeah, it was. It was right around that. I mean, CNC Music Factory and, and CNC, CNC vending. vending. Yeah. 
So once other Craig leaves, Craig renames it CNC Supplies. Somehow that differentiates. Whatever. Who knows? So he hated that Craig was in he there. Must. So he they probably they probably argued over that CNC vending. No, yeah. I want CNC supplies. Probably, yeah. yeah, yeah. Or or I thought it was like the C in the city. Like he still left Craig's name in there. Yeah, true. Right. Why well, isn't it just C supplies? C supplies. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Yeah, Craig. So he buys gloves from Malaysia and then marks them up and resells them to Philadelphia area healthcare organizations. They're latex gloves. Okay. But the running theme throughout their marriage is Craig's lack of motivation to work. Stephanie's parents and brother even invest in CNC supplies to keep it afloat. They put up their house as collateral for so a loan. His, so his whole his whole business business model is is buying these Indonesian <laughs> latex, latex gloves, gloves and selling them at Philadelphia area hospitals at a markup. Yes, and ah. to be fair, we do have a lot of hospitals in Philadelphia. Yeah, but we have a lot of contracts. You, yeah, I mean that's the thing. You have like a contract. Like you just can't go in there at like yeah with like. Like your like, I brief, have to say like your briefcase. If you're be like, hey, check out. you want to buy some? Yeah, I'll give you two cases now, and I'll come back and you can order some. Like, and you're a hospital; they better be like good yeah. latex, like yeah. legit ones. You're not gonna. This guy's been in business a few months. He's already had a name change. But he was a vendor too. <laughs> Why would they? It was vending, and then he went into gloves. Well, it was, it was always gloves. It was, it was oh, always so gloves. vending doesn't make any sense no. at all. He was right. <laughs> <laughs> Was, yeah, maybe that was the other Craig's name. Yeah, we weren't he successful. Was like, this is so stupid. No one wants a supplier who's a vendor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're, they're looking for, uh, Do you guys vend chips and sodas? No, no. We gloves. sell we sell latex <laughs> gloves. <laughs> so stupid. So Craig and Stephanie are also very tight with a group of friends that includes three other couples. How do you mortgage your house on this business plan? He didn't. His her parents did yeah, yeah i mean that's what i'm saying for like, a loan for him mm. that's a mm-hmm. yeah it's Jesus. not great so uh they're very tight with a group of friends that includes three other couples they do everything together from babysitting each other's children to even investing in craig's business <laughs> man everyone likes everyone this gloves. Just business police in this dude yeah this guy this guy this guy is stealing everybody's money there's no He's not selling these fucking gloves. House, house is just full of boxes <laughs> yeah, of gloves yeah. everywhere. Yeah, they're, they're, they're in like a ditch behind his house. Like his wife finds them. Like a, <laughs> they're everywhere. Like the dumpster he opens, overflows. He opens the car door and steps out and gloves just fucking billow out of his door. They're everywhere in this guy's There's, world. I'm selling so many of them. I he keeps keep, buying I them, but he the can't inventory. sell them. He does, as a side note, he does tell his friends that... If they invest, they can't tell Stephanie that they invested. Oh, that's always a good sign. Yeah, yeah. that's a it's great. A secret. It's a good <laughs> it's sign. It's going to be a surprise for her. <laughs> yeah. for her yeah. birthday in a couple. Yeah, of years. when we go when we go bankrupt, it's going to be a surprise <laughs> when I have to let her know that I also fucked you guys over. <laughs> so, beginning in 1996, Craig begins getting excited about the direction of his business and mentions that he's met a business connection in New York whom he entertains at Delilah's Den in Philly. Gloves. Oh, Delilah's oh. Den for those outside of Philly is, oh, maybe you're going to cover what Delilah's is. Well, Delilah's a is a gentleman's is club. It's a famous Philadelphia gentleman's club. Yes. It's a high-end gentleman's yeah. club in Philadelphia. Right. Yeah. So Craig complains about having to take the connection there, saying he's embarrassed, but duty calls and he has to go. He loves it. For it's the record, fine. just in case uh, Delilah's gets upset, they are now a steakhouse. Yeah. So they're a steakhouse with exotic dancing. 
On April 29th, 1997, Stephanie and Greg have dinner with Ann and Lou Newman, who are Stephanie's parents, and then they all return home to have coffee together. After Ann and Lou leave, Craig offers Stephanie a beer, and after a few sips, she gives the beer back to him. She doesn't want it. Later that night... Did something taste bad? I don't know. (laughs) Later that night at around 12.30, 911 gets a call from Craig. Oh, man. Duh. He has found his wife dead in the bathtub. Jeepers, creepers. Craig tells the arriving detective that he was watching a hockey game, Flyers. He's a huge Flyers fan. Yeah, of course he is. And heard a thump in the bathroom, but he assumed it was a shampoo bottle that fell. Hmm. So, this, this, oh, It sucks. This woman has to die because of this guy's shitty fucking medical glove business. Oh, you have no idea. Like it's, I mean, that sucks. This guy, like, you're, that business sucks, and this this poor lady. I mean, dead I, over. he's. I'm sure that he's not broke out of his business if he's. <laughs> no, I think I know. Well, I mean, they're fucking them all over, but yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's spending money. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, Wait, well, oh yeah. 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 <laughs> at the steakhouse. Okay. Oh, he's okay. spending lots of money. At the Greg Adamus. <laughs> <laughs> When the detective arrives, he finds Craig cradling Stephanie's body in the bathtub. But there are no signs of forced entry into the home, and Craig confirms that no one else has been in the house that night, which seems kind of like not the best decision to me. He also mentions that he had locked all the doors before heading upstairs. So the detective notices... So it was, so it was just you and her. Yeah, everything was yep, locked and up. And the one-year-old baby, Nobody which, was here. I mean, she's like, in was <laughs> a shampoo bottle. Yeah, so, so just you and her. Yeah, that's yep. it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the detective notices there's no water on the bathroom floor and that Stephanie is still wearing her watch and some jewelry as well as her wedding ring. When her body is initially examined, there seem to be no bruises and no signs of violence, and her cause of death is initially determined to be accidental, ostensibly from drowning. But there was no water. No water on the floor, which... Okay. So there was. it looked like no struggle or anything. Right. Gotcha. Which, if a... Yeah, okay, we'll just keep going. However, the county coroner, Halbert Fillinger... Hmm. Good is, name. That is quite a name. Especially for a, a coroner, too. That makes, that makes sense. Halbert Fillinger? Halbert Fillinger. <laughs> he has a hard and fast rule that any mysterious death must result in an autopsy. I think I can't be a roofer. A roofer. Well, I guess he could. He'd be Hal. I mean, Hal <laughs> Fillinger. Yeah, Hal Fillinger. He could be a roofer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Halbert. I, I bet you he goes by Hal. <laughs> yeah. Since Stephanie is a healthy 29-year-old, he requires an autopsy after her death. This guy's no joke. No, he is not. He's no joke. Stephanie's family is a conservative Jewish one, so there is some question about whether she will be buried according to Jewish tradition, which means the body should be buried within 24 hours of death. But he overrules that and says they have to do it. Hell's not working that fast. Can he overrule that? Like, like what if the... I mean, legally, if if he says an autopsy must be performed, they must perform an an autopsy. Regardless of religion and all that stuff? I don't know know if things have changed since the 90s. I can't speak to today. Yeah. But in the 90s, that was the rule. I mean, I've just never never thought about that. It's just, yeah, it's wild. So the medical examiner sees Stephanie's body 10 hours later when... Petechia, which is small red bumps on the face and eyes, appear if someone has been strangled. Your blood vessels start to okay. break and you see the effects of the strangling. Late, much later. Yes. Well, it, it, 
can occur much later. It can also occur right at, at the okay. time of death. But it, in this case, nothing seemed awry when they looked at her body the okay. first time. But okay. when the, the medical examiner looked at it, she had that condition. She also had um, small bruises that are visible. After the autopsy, Stephanie's death is ruled a homicide. They also learned from the autopsy that Stephanie was dead for at least three hours before Craig called 911. How crushing it. <laughs> yeah, he is. Seriously. Yeah. So after her death, Craig discusses with his friends the idea of burying Stephanie with all her jewelry, even though conservative Jews are not traditionally buried with jewelry at all. I wonder if he knew that like her tradition that she had to be buried within 24 mm-hmm. hours, if it was... You know, he thought that killing her or getting away with it would be easier yes. because of that. That's one of the theories is that. Because he, what? Because her tradition, like she yeah. has to be better. I wonder. Oh, if, he thought there wouldn't be an autopsy. Yeah. like oh, the, yeah. yeah. Um, so one of his friends finds the decision to bury her with the jewelry odd, especially when Craig and Stephanie have a daughter who could inherit the jewelry from her. And though he talks at length about the jewelry with his friends, he never mentions that there was an autopsy at all. What's he so stuck on the jewelry? He's gonna hawk it, probably. They redig her up or whatever. I wonder if he's got DNA on it. So, of course, Craig needs to give a statement to police. Here comes the first of many, many dumbs. During his initial interview, he mentions that he'd filled a prescription for Ambien a few days ago, but he doesn't know where the pills went. Ooh, the, the ambient excuse is always a good one. You either take Ambien and you like do something while you're on it, you accidentally murder somebody, or somebody finds it and then falls and accidentally kills themselves. Well, that he said he thinks maybe he dropped them in the toilet or Stephanie might have taken some. He just like has a very just, vague notion of what I don't happened. Know, like, I mean, they could have fallen over. She could have eaten 12. Right, out of the toilet. Like, right. So uh, this guy's just hanging out, knowing Ambien are missing, and he's got a, how old's this kid in the house? One. Yeah, that's one. A really not good point. That she would find. I'd be looking all over the house to make yeah. sure they were like not. That's accessible. a very good point. So he also says he waited thirty-five minutes to check on Stephanie after he heard the thump that he thought was the shampoo bottle <laughs> in the bathroom. <laughs> I will. Oh, man. I will say it's crazy. Whenever, like in in, in my house, when the the <laughs> I use a hard bar of soap, yeah. when that thing falls off my shelf and hits, it is loud. It is. It scares it is. the shit out of me. I always do yell up, are you okay? Oh, it's, as soon as it, I hear something like a shampoo yeah, bottle drop, yeah. I'm like, you all right? Yeah, it's so it's yeah, so loud. It, check sounds, on it. Yeah. it sounds like a gunshot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this guy doesn't inquire at all. <laughs> Nothing. Well, the flyers were on, so. <laughs> yeah. I don't Maybe they, maybe all the latex gloves provide some sort of soundproofing. <laughs> he's sitting in the middle of like all a little gloves. shed he's of been gloves. hiding them in the walls. <laughs> yes. He's been using, he's been replacing yes. his... <laughs> It's insulation whole with, house is with gloves. <laughs> so further, he claims he and Stephanie have a quote-unquote perfect marriage. And when the cops ask about any life insurance, Craig rattles off their policies. He has a $1.6 million policy. <laughs> policy 212-7R62. Yeah, that's policy exactly what it seems like. H, like yes. but, but yeah, I wasn't thinking about that. Yeah. So here's, he ha- a, here's a picture of the notary with Stephanie there as I'm <laughs> filling out this insurance form. When the cops ask about life insurance, Craig rattles off their policies. He has a $1.6 million policy mm-hmm. and another for $150,000. 
a nice it's a nice chunk of change. Yeah. She has a one point five million dollar policy and one for five hundred thousand dollars. On him? She has one on him? They each have one. Oh, okay. Now that Stephanie's death has been ruled a homicide, another search of the Rabinowitz home is conducted. Craig hides in a bedroom while the search is underway. He just <laughs> locks himself away from the search. This guy sounds like a mess. Yeah, he's trying to eat evidence. Oh my god. <laughs> He's eating gloves. Bills, letters, gloves. Yeah, yeah. There's just He's putting it all in gloves like a heroin just, drug yeah. mule and like swallowing <laughs> evidence. They just see gloves everywhere. They're just like there's gloves everywhere we look, there's gloves. We open we open the cabinets, there's gloves. Just pouring out under all. the yeah, under the bed, there's gloves. When they revisit the area of the house where Stephanie died, the police realize that Craig was only sitting sixteen feet away from the bathroom when she oh, died mm. so he was oh, right on so the other side right of the wall there. so the and thump could, from the shampoo bottle doesn't hold no up some financial paperwork is seized but the search doesn't really turn up anything significant his friends begin noticing craig acting strangely once they learn the cause of death has been changed to strangulation yeah, yeah. And, he, and he's, and he's already the only conf- one in and, the room yeah, and he's already house. confirmed like doubly that it was only him and her right he house, locked up the house and everything was locked everything up. was locked yeah. no forced entry nothing it was the baby craig insistently and mysteriously reminds his friends that stephanie always always wore her watch which the friends don't recall at all but she had it on in the tub how would friends know that she wears her watch in the tub over the shower i don't know they were very confused they're like okay wear your jewelry in the shower too yes i do like they've seen her shower during a completely unrelated conversation craig bursts out that he has a bag packed and twenty thousand in cash and he's ready to leave if he has to (laughs) it's a great declaration jesus christ i know A few of his friends also notice that he does not interact with his daughter at all after Stephanie dies. So given the inconsistency... She could be a murderer. I mean, that's the only alibi. I I can't interact with her. I don't want to be left alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. she (laughs) did it. Baby did it. Yeah. The baby did it. That's his only logical out right now. I mean, that's that's it. It's either... I mean, do you think the cops say that to him? Like they're in the house, and he's like, you know, they're like, hey, you know, you said it was locked up. It's either you or your baby. baby strangled her. That's the only way they <laughs> yeah, could do it. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, I, I didn't. She I didn't does, do she it. She does so. have strong hands when she grabs my beard. Yeah, she she is an unusually strong one year old. Given the inconsistencies in Craig's story, the lack of other people in the house, and the life insurance policies, <laughs> the DA's office determines they have enough to arrest him for numerous charges including first-degree and third-degree homicide, voluntary manslaughter, and making false reports mm. to the police. So this is just like an insurance money grab. That's what mm-hmm. they're assuming. Yeah, this guy's an idiot. Yeah. So Craig's <laughs> sur- scumbag. Like, you had a kid scumbag, with this person. Scumbag I know, idiot. I know. Craig surrenders immediately after Stephanie's funeral on May 5th, only about a week after Stephanie's death. So all of this came Holy together God. in like a week so here comes but, more done but if but how how disrespectful is sorry 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 it's okay, God. everybody knows he did this and he's still showing up to the funeral i don't think Does everybody people, is completely convinced at this point they okay. don't have all the details that the cops okay. have Dude, they so, don't want to believe it they've got money invested in this cat yeah, yeah. he goes away their money's yeah. gone yeah it's true there's no way he's yeah. a murderer yeah that's true here comes more dumb 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 It's after his arrest that the cops learned that Stephanie's insurance policy was taken out three weeks before her death. Three three weeks. Three weeks. This guy, what? 
This guy get goes from a policy to put, you know basically admitting that he you know killed his wife in four weeks. <laughs> so soon after they find out about the insurance policy, they receive an anonymous tip that Craig is an extremely frequent customer at Delilah's Den, and he only sees one dancer named Summer. The Philadelphia Inquirer, Inquirer uncovers that Craig's business has no phone number and is not listed with the Latex Advisors Association. How they even found out there was a Latex Advisors Association <laughs> is beyond me. How is, <laughs> and you want to be my latex salesman. <laughs> how is any You're medical, how is any hospital buying latex gloves from someone who's not even registered no, with the latex I association? He, I don't think he's buying, is he, does he even have the gloves? Is the, are the, we'll find out. We'll I think I don't think there are gloves. Oh. I think the whole thing's mm. bullshit and mm. he's just been telling people there's gloves. Mm. There's there's no gloves <laughs> under the bed or falling out of his car. He was never buying there's, gloves from not, Malaysia. Not, I don't think he was buying gloves from the start. <laughs> so meanwhile his friends and family are chipping in large amounts of money, $75,000 each for his bail. And for legal coverage, I'm assuming. Yeah, they don't yeah. think he, they don't think he's guilty. Stephanie's parents put up their house. Stephanie's parents put up their house. Christ, he must and be a Craig, very charming fella. Yeah, what the hell. So when the police visit Delilah's, they learn that Craig would spend up to one thousand dollars per visit. Mm. He would visit about three times a week, and that he'd spent at least fifty six thousand dollars at Delilah's. Man. That's that's a lot of money. That is yeah. a lot of I mean, money. It's like three, thirty years ago, right? Man, th- yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah. Thir- three lap dances were way cheaper, I think. Back yeah, then. I would think so. Three grand a week. That's without tips. That's the recorded bills at Delilah's. Oh, that's that's not without like, tips. That's not like dances or no. That's What's he doing. How is he spending a G at Delilah's? He liked night? bottles. He would buy like champ- he would go to the champagne room and buy champagne bottles. I guess yeah. Those bottles are like two hundred. Those bucks. bottles add up quick. <laughs> I I know from my popping bottles days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Summer says they've never had sex. They were just good friends, which is, I mean, that Let's happens with that. dancers and customers, yeah. right? Yeah. She also tells police that he has given her furniture, jewelry, flowers, other gifts, and cash. There are um, at least four receipts from the Four Seasons in Philadelphia that go unaccounted for. They can't figure out who was there with him. So there's some question about whether mm. she's telling the whole truth. Um, and this story runs completely counter to Craig's defense, which is that they had a, that Stephanie and Craig had a perfect marriage, which is why the summer, you know, yeah. why the summer thing is is thrown in there in some way. But additionally, it creates a media shitstorm in Philadelphia and the region. Like this just I becomes. I don't like, remember this. Do you do you remember this? Yeah, yeah. I don't remember. Yeah. I don't remember it at all. So at this point, Team Craig begins falling apart. <laughs> <laughs> He loses the support of his friends, and as they learn more about Craig's other life, they let the cops know about his intent to flee that he announced to them. Oh, the 20, the 20 Gs and, yeah. the, and the passport. So on May 7th, another search of Craig's house is conducted. In a closet ceiling, cops find a panel, and behind that panel, there's a shopping bag filled with receipts for gloves. the gifts Summer mentioned. No gloves. Oh, man. <laughs> it's all they get. Why do you keep the receipts? I don't know. Okay, and here comes more dumb. Dum, dum, they find a list with two columns, one labeled in and another labeled out, along with the names of friends, abbreviations that need to be deciphered, <laughs> and dollar amounts. The next day, the toxicology report comes back. It shows that Stephanie had three times the normal dosage of Ambien in her system. 
Prosecutors theorized that Craig drugged Stephanie, placed her in the bathtub, and the water revived her. When he realized the drowning wouldn't work, he strangled her. So the Ambien fell into her drink then? Yes, it just fell. Mm. They also theorized that he was counting on the body not being autopsy because of her family's religious beliefs. Of this period, one of the investigators, John Fallon, says, quote, it was like unwrapping presents under the tree every day, everywhere we went, we kept finding something even more incriminating than we had before. <laughs> yeah, this is like a, this is like a cop's wet this dream, is like, like a detective's, like, they, everywhere they go, it's just mounds of evidence. It's just, he's an evidence tornado. Like, it's just, just flying everywhere. <laughs> Yeah, and he's again, just got, it's like you got a manila folder with under M is just a headline like a tab is, or E evidence. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's like it the shopping sure. bag just has evidence written oh, all you over want it. Motive, go to M. I have it all listed out in this manila envelope, this binder envelope. Yeah, one of binder. those those old school like, yeah, yeah. pull out file cabinets, yeah. and it's like oh M. For, oh man, this is nice. M for motive, <laughs> E for evidence. Here's just a nice little tidbit on that topic. P when for the, pictures. When the cops search Craig's car, they find a suitcase in the trunk that contains only clothes for hot weather and they notice there are no clothes for a child so he was planning on running with his daughter yeah there's no way he was gonna but the brand of the bag is runaway oh Oh. get out of here (laughs) insane he's got a bunch of tommy bahamas yeah I mean, I don't know where he's going with 20 G's. That's not going to get him far. In 1990. 1990, that's a lot of money. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's still not going to... Did uh, this, I forget, did Summer know about Stephanie? The last time Summer talked to um, Craig was the night of the murder. And then she didn't hear from him for a few days. And he met up with her the following Friday. She did not know that Stephanie was murdered no, until the cops... No, but did she know of Stephanie's She knew that Stephanie existed, okay. yeah. Okay. And he told her they were in a loveless marriage, blah, blah, blah. Like... Mm. But it was perfect. Huge. He said it did, was uh, perfect. Did yeah. Stephanie ever talk to her friends and say it was loveless or they had issues? Not that I read. Okay. But there were struggles with money and motivation. <laughs> well, yeah, because he's, got a shitty, he's got a shitty glove company. <laughs> yeah, and he's supporting this whole yeah. stripper. <laughs> he's, so, so he's paying the light bill at the Lila, the DJ bill at the uh, Lila's not, yeah, with th- what he's spending there. Yeah, and three G's a week. That's a ton. That's a ton of money. Hmm. hmm. So do we ever find out is this glove company real? <laughs> we're gonna we're getting there. Okay, we're getting there. I'm so <laughs> the Philadelphia so Daily News. The glove. <laughs> I don't blame you. What was you. the name of that association? CNC, CNC supplies. supplies. No, no, no. The oh. association that he was not. Oh, a the part Latex of. Advisors Association. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's not a. He's a supplier, not an advisor. Can you imagine how boring that conference is? Why would, that he, why would he be on oh the su- advisor list? He's a supplier. <laughs> of course. Well, all the business, all the latex businesses apparently in the country are under this okay. association. We should go visit that's, that conference. So, oh, it's got to be riveting. So boring. Oh, Jesus. Man. I would need gummies all day for that. There's no way I could get through that. So the Philadelphia Daily News reports that Craig pawned his wife's jewelry the day after her death. As investigators and a forensic accountant worked to sort out Craig's financial records and the in and out list, they realized that Craig's latex glove business is a Ponzi scheme. There were large investments from family and friends, and Craig would pay out one investor with the next investment. No gloves. No gloves. Oh, man. That's even even better. Jesus Christ. He's the worst. Oh, this guy. He is the worst. Heard this guy. This guy is Do it to your horrible. friends. Your friends. And your family. family your laws. wife. Yeah. Your child. Like, what yeah. a huge piece of shit. Yeah. Man. Seriously. Oh, man. 
So by the time Stephanie died, the scheme was drying up. People were pressuring him for payments he wasn't able to give out. And in total, the investigation calculated his debt to be more than $600,000. And Stephanie's death would yield about $1.2 million after the debt was paid. Hmm. Craig's own defense attorney states, quote, it is as much evidence as I've ever seen in a homicide case. <laughs> this is this is going to be this is going to be real hard to defend. But we're hey, do we're we gonna, know? We're going to play. We're going to we're going to go for a play. I mean, that's hopefully, all, that's hopefully all he didn't do. say that until after the verdict. <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely the plea bargain. You know what, though? That was his initial press conference. He did actually say it in a press conference. It wasn't like privately to somebody. This was at a press conference. So clearly it was after this whole case was done. It seemed like the initial, like somebody asked, what do you think of the evidence? And him just being, this is the most most I've ever seen. seen. How am I going to do this? How can we plea this down? Yeah, that's all we're looking to do, man. Hey, do we um, notice Craig number two? Was he involved in the Ponzi scheme or did I he, don't know. I, maybe he bowed out when he figured out it because it seems like were, that was that very short lived. Once he found out that there were no gloves, he, was he out. went with Craig number one <laughs> on a trip to Malaysia to see the supplier, and they were just at strip clubs the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> no latex gloves they anywhere. Didn't even, they didn't even go there. They just went to Delilah's. <laughs> yeah. They thought they were going to the airport, and they just went to Delilah's. <laughs> On October 30th, 1997, Craig pleads guilty to first-degree murder. He says that Stephanie visited him in a dream and urged him to confess. So less than a week later, Craig complains to his defense lawyer about how the media is treating him. <laughs> a doy. <laughs> He's sentenced to life without parole. He's serving his sentence in the State Correctional Institution at Houtsdale. Ann Newman, Stephanie's mother, says, quote, Craig used my daughter from the time he met her. When he couldn't use her anymore, he got rid of her. Now he's doing what he's always done, sitting on his butt and eating off someone else. I mean, End that's, that's, wow. uh, that's awesome. Yep. That's, yeah, yeah. I mean, that poor... That poor that. That's yeah. a great quote. That's the end. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a great quote. That is a great quote. <laughs> I mean, uh, recapping the dumb would be a yeah. whole episode. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> Rife. Yeah. Rife with dumb. <laughs> I mean, this guy's an this guy's an idiot. <laughs> I mean, and he's just such a piece of shit too. So thank God he's such an idiot. But and life in jail, fuck him. Yeah. And as the book yeah. "Everyone's Best Friend" says, thank God for that coroner who insists on old Hal. Yeah, Hal autopsy. Sa- Hal now Fallinger, because if yeah. he hadn't done that, none of this would like they yeah. never would have uncovered any of this. Yeah. Good for good for that guy. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder what Halbert. That's up what to. You, that's what you need. Those like that's why you need. Those, it's weird these people in these like positions that can change everything. Yeah, like, corners play such a huge role in in all sorts of crime and everything. And it's amazing this guy completely you know flipped this over. It's awesome. Way yeah. to go, Hal. Uh, Jason, tell people where to find us. You can find us on uh, TikTok, Facebook, uh, Instagram. We are Dumbline Podcast. And as always, please rate and subscribe to each episode. Um, it just really helps us a ton. Comments help us a ton. So um, rate the podcast, rate each episode. We really appreciate it. And thank you guys for listening. And now I'm going to pass it over to Greg for everybody's favorite segment, Get to Know Maria. Get to know Maria. Get to know her. Maria, uh, what is your favorite international food? Oh, that's hard. 
my favorite international food, Japanese. Japanese, All huh? kinds of Japanese food, yes. Sushi, ramen, all of Sushi, it. Sushi, all of it, all of it. I love it. Nice. It's clean. It's good. Clean and good. Awesome. You know, I forgot to do intros at the beginning. So anyway, I'm Greg. <laughs> this is my golfing buddy, Jason. <laughs> I'm Jason. You guys know who anyway, you are. Maria is behind the mic most of the time. Um, so yeah, thanks for checking out, hanging out with us. Quick Delilah story. I had an intern. I was getting a, looking for a job with ADA Music Distribution. They called and asked, left me a message asking for a tapas place. I thought they said topless. <laughs> I took them to Delilah's. Uh, oh I got my, the, you got, I got the, the job. job. <laughs> True story. <laughs> Adios. See you, dummies. Bye, dummies. Appreciate you.